0: Hey there, folks! Welcome back. I mean, when I say welcome back, I really mean welcome back to me. I uh, we've been gone for a little bit. I apologize for any disruption to your listening schedule. Um, I'll briefly explain. Um, peel the curtain back just a little bit. Thank you, Rage Against the Machine. Um, first of all, w- welcome. My name is Stephen Craig. I'm the host and author of uh, Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, uh, both the written and podcast version. And um, so, in any case, uh, <laughs> this goes to tell you about technology foibles. So, I had, uh, I had already uh, written the column on uh, on Joe Biden. And uh, and I had recorded the podcast for that. Um, oftentimes, when I get done writing something, I will, in fact, record the podcast version of it. Um, and so I had that one ready to go. And then um, I got back from vacation to Mexico, and uh, and when I did, um, I found out that my one of the cords <laughs> that, you know, hooks up the podcast studio, you know, to the computer uh, was, uh, was not functioning. So, uh, had, uh, basically completely frayed and was no longer tenable. So, uh, had to order one. Um, I, I hate to admit through Amazon and, uh, and was waiting on that to get here. So, uh, I owe you, I owe you folks, my listeners, my loyal, uh, listeners. I appreciate you guys who, uh, you folks who tune in each and every week or those of you who just uh you know do it occasionally and you know or those folks who just download like numbers look great so thanks i appreciate that and um in any case uh, i appreciate all of you who do tune in and uh i so i owe you two podcasts A uh, few um for those who ever do get a chance to actually read anything i know no one in this day and age uh, seems to like to do that anymore um, but we do actually I do actually publish this as a written column And I wrote about Brittany Griner A couple of weeks back It was actually before uh, I published the um, Biden column um, So I'll, I'll give you that one And uh, But first I'm going to uh, Follow up on last week's Biden column I told you uh, During um, I told you in that column That I, I in fact was going to have a Shocker for you I sort of left a you know like one of those bad 80s sitcoms where they have like the continued next week uh i did sort of the same and uh told you that i'd have a surprise bombshell on who i think should be the uh who, who i think should be the democratic running mate in 2024 now i'll be the first one to tell you i don't know who's gonna who's gonna be the actual candidate now I know Biden's uh, you know, the most likely suspect, but I, I, and I, I won't go into you know, everything I talked about last week about why he shouldn't run again. Um, I had somebody tell me that, uh, say that the column was ageist. I'm like, the guy's going <laughs> to, he would be 86. <laughs> 86 if he finished his second term. If you... Do you know what the job of president requires? I mean Trump doesn't, but most other people in the United States have a decent idea of what that job entails. Uh, it's a lot. And um and I'm not trying to be ageist. I think you know, our our older community um is uh that it, that's a great part of life. I I'm not trying to rag on old people. Um but uh the fact is is that they're you know, it's interesting. Ageism a, a quick aside about ageism um is that it's not the same thing as as racism <laughs> these folks who are older now who want to sit there and go oh well you know that's that's ageist wait just wait a second the, the difference between when we talk about sexist and and racism the notion is is that there is no there there is no scientific basis to suggest that p- women are in any way shape or form inferior to men <clears throat> muscle mass is less um that that part i talked about in an article about um you know there is scientific evidence to suggest that women have less upper body strength um but that doesn't mean that they're lesser athletes that women are as as we are well aware of are every bit as um successful and intelligent and as men there there, there is zero um there is zero evidence to suggest anything to the contrary, and of course, the same is true with the races. That there is plenty of scientific evidence out there that will tell you that there is no um, there is no basis for um, for racism. Ageism is different. As we age, things do deteriorate, including in part our mental capacity. Right, like the, at, cer- at a certain age, both our body and our minds start to break down. There is reason to suggest that somebody who is 86 years old is no longer capable of performing the duties that they were capable of doing when they were 40. Shit, I'm 51. And there are things that I can't do when I, that I was able to do when I was, when I was in my 40s. Uh, just ask my shoulder so uh so with that in mind this idea of um of ageist like like people who are old are now trying to and it sadly it's mostly old white people you know who hear who you know get all stoked up about race you know hearing racism all the time and about the woke agenda and whatnot so then they they take it out on and go well i'm gonna how dare you be ageist then well No, there's a difference between those two things, because when it comes to race and gender, there is no biological differences. Um, But when you come to somebody who is who when we get to a certain age, um, we do start to lose some of those faculties. And so there is a reason to suggest that somebody who is 86 years old uh, is not necessarily the best choice for president. And and getting some young blood in the Democratic Party would be fantastic. Um, And with that in mind, um. I'll reveal at this particular point who I think, as I said, I do not know who the democratic running mate is going to be or who the democratic candidate will be. Um, maybe, maybe it will be Biden. I I certainly hope that we, uh, that the Democrats find somebody, um, find somebody younger and more, um, more energetic, you know, to be perfectly honest, that entered that, that really energizes the base, um, more. I love Pete Buttigieg, um, I've heard people suggest that, uh, you know, that it would be difficult for uh, somebody who is homosexual to uh, to win a general, national general election. I, I disagree. I, you know, I think this country is, we saw that with uh, Obama when he pushed past the race barrier that we thought would have been there. And I think the same thing is true with um, with our society's general evolution towards the issue of um, of gay rights. I do believe that we are Past seeing uh, gay people as the other, um, and I and when I say we are past that, I mean we as a collective whole. I know that there is still plenty of mental ingrates out there, um, you know, cultural Neanderthals, if you will, who who still you know hold some bias against the gay community. Those people are those people wear red hats that say make America great on him again, right? I mean, that's that's who those folks are. Right. Outside and, and they weren't gonna vote for a Democrat anyways. Right. That that the the same the people that would have the people that won't vote for somebody because they're gay are the same people that weren't gonna vote for any Democrat. So, you know, I, I love Pete Buttigieg. I think he's incredibly smart, incredibly charismatic, um, and and incredibly competent. Um, that would be my choice, uh, but maybe between now and then, uh, somebody else will uh, jump into the jump into the fray, um, you know, and uh, and take up that mantle. Um, but what I do know is who the running mate should be, and that running mate, believe it or not, should be Adam Kinzinger. And so I bring you this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less: Why Adam Kinzinger should be the Democratic running mate in 2024. In last week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less, I argued for why Joe Biden should not be the Democratic nominee for president in 2024, and then left off with a dramatic cliffhanger for this week's column, suggesting that I would reveal who should be part of the Democratic ticket in 2024. While I am still not sure who the 2024 Democratic nominee will be, I do know who their running mate should be, none other than Republican Illinois Congressman Adam Kinsinger. Okay, okay, pipe down there, my liberal fans who have your arms raised in defiance, shouting at the top of your lungs that I am a traitor to the to democratic ideals. I am not setting aside my democratic leanings, nor am I selling out to more conservative politics. Rather, I see this as a move, this move as a way to push back to push those progressive ideals forward and just possibly rescue our beleaguered democracy from the brink of dissolution and seemingly inevitable civil war. Kinsinger has already announced that he will not run for re-election in 2022, stepping down in order to take on a, quote-unquote, broader fight nationwide against the Trumpism that has bespoiled the Republican Party he once knew and believed in. That said, Kinzinger emphasized in his announcement from October of last year that he very much plans to stay in the realm of politics. To quote, I want to make clear, this isn't the end of my political future, but the beginning. Hmm, that very much sounds like a politician looking for a promotion. One who also knows that his district has been gerrymandered in such a way that makes his viability of running against a Trump-supporting primary challenger pretty much untenable. But it is just that middle-of-the-road political stance that would doom him in a local congressional district race that would make him such a verisimilar candidate in a national election. So why should the Democrats contemplate putting forth the first multi-party presidential ticket since the Civil War? Well, as I addressed in last week's column, the Democrats are set to get their proverbial asses kicked in the 2022 midterms due to the economic albatross that Republicans are more than eager to hang around their necks. Fairly or not, Democrats are likely to bear the burden for the recent economic downturn well into the 2024 presidential campaign. With an entire faction of the Republican Party hell-bent on overthrowing Democratic principles themselves and running roughshod over the personal liberties of American citizens, it is imperative that we keep Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, or whatever other power-hungry nutbag the Republicans throw out there out of the Oval Office. In this highly polarized environment of modern American politics, the majority of American voters who already align with one party or the other will vote their party line regardless of who the actual candidate might be. As such, the key to winning the 2024 presidential contest lies in attracting independent voters. And that's where tapping Kinzinger for the VP position could be instrumental and Democrats retaining control of the White House. Let's face it, Americans are sick and tired of the partisan politics that have mired this country in a bureaucratic inertia where absolutely nothing changes. They are fed up with a system that feels broken and unresponsive to their needs. They know the fallibilities and gamemanship of our two-party system and want Democrats and Republicans to put aside their differences once and for all and finally get some shit done to work together to solve the mounting challenges facing our nation. Leaning across the aisle to pick Kensinger as the VP candidate would go a long way in providing at least a symbolic gesture to the American public that Democrats are sincere in offering up an olive branch to Republicans and finding a path forward in solidarity for the benefit of the nation rather than just their own personal political careers. I doubt this will convince any of the hardcore Trump voters to cast a ballot for the Democratic President, but it might just be enough to convince a few of the old-school Republicans, those who have seen what Trump has done to this country through his own selfish ego, and can no longer be a party to the Republican assault on democracy, to find a more common-sense middle-ground option. More important It would likely sway independent voters, those already wary of the divisive nature of modern modern politics, to support a ticket that is trying to forge a path forward for genuine bipartisanship. It would virtually assure a Democratic victory in 2024 and keep any of the would-be Republican autocrats out of the White House and prevent them from perpetuating any further damage to our Democratic institutions. I know, of course, that the position would be largely emblematic, but hey, isn't that the point? Vice presidents usually serve about as much purpose as a raincoat in the Sahara, so Kinzinger would not have much voice in the administration's actual agenda anyways. Listen, I am no fan of Kinzinger's stances on gun control, abortion, or tax cuts for the wealthy, but at least he is a reasonable political figure who has the integrity to stand up to what he knows to be implicitly wrong even at the risk of his own political future. He's become something of a folk hero as of late to many Democrats by serving as one of the only two Republicans on the Congressional January 6th Commission. This came after being one of only a handful of Republicans who voted for Trump's impeachment. I may not agree with many of Kinzinger's policy perspectives, but I know he puts country before self and is committed to finding a path forward for our nation. Putting him on the 2024 Democratic ticket would remind all of us of a not-so-distant past where members of both parties worked together through dialogue and compromise to achieve legislative action for their constituents. Is my idea nothing more than pie-in-the-sky idealism unlikely to come to fruition? Maybe. But Democrats would be wise to consider such an option, lest their own hopes for 2024 become nothing more than that as well now this is where i would usually be playing john Mayer, but oh it's bonus time truthers it's bonus time how about a little bit how about a little bit of uh a, a little bit of a second column if you will let's uh this is my column on uh britney griner called famous but not quite famous enough All of us should have a realistic perspective of our own relative fame and the power we wield thereof. This little column and its corresponding podcast, you know, the one you're listening to right now, have developed quite a loyal following, and in some circles, people actually know who I am and give a damn what I have to say. But I suffer from no delusions of grandeur that would allow me to fallaciously believe that I could turn that notoriety into some sort of -of get-out-of-jail-free card when it comes to local law enforcement and potential prosecution for any crimes I might choose to commit. This explains, in part, why I would never even think about flying on a plane carrying marijuana, which might be legal here in Colorado, but still remains an illicit substance on a federal level, as well as in many destinations one might choose to travel to. Shoot, I wouldn't even drive into Utah with a bag of weed, because... I'm well aware that the state of Colorado is hardly going to perform some sort of massive extradition ne- negotiation in order to get my dumbass back for breaking a law I knew was in place. Yeah, I'm famous, but not that kind of famous. The same could be said for WNBA player Brittany Griner. For those of you who are currently unaware... Greiner has spent nearly six months in a Russian jail cell after being detained on drug trafficking charges for bringing marijuana vape cartridges into the country. Greiner, who plays center for the Phoenix Mercury, is one of the WNBA's best player and also balls for a Russian team during the offseason. Many folks, including Greiner's wife and a handful of NBA players, have been advocating for Greiner's release, even suggesting that the United States should be more aggressive in its negotiations and put on the table a potential prisoner swap for Russian arms trader Victor Bout, a man former U.S. ambassador to Russia, Michael McFall, called a giant, horrific, real criminal. And while I certainly feel for Greiner, and do not believe that anyone should be criminally prosecuted for something as trivial as the possession of small amounts of marijuana for personal use, I simply cannot be okay with the notion of giving up a highly dangerous criminal in order to secure the freedom of an, abs- of an athlete who absolutely should have known better. Now let's get a couple of potential arguments out of the way right from the start. Any reticence the United States may have in procuring Griner's release has nothing whatsoever, nothing to do whatsoever with her race, gender, or sexuality. How do I know this? Well, take the case of Paul Whelan the former American spy who has been detained in Russia since December of 2018. Whelan is white, male, and heterosexual. But none of that has bolstered his family's efforts to advocate for his release. In fact, as Joe Biden recently recognized a national campaign to push the White House to negotiate for Griner's release, Whelan's family has put their arms up in the air and uttered an audible groan of, What the fuck? After all, the reason Whelan was, has been weather, weathering away in a Russian prison is directly tied to his patriotic service to our country. Greiner, on the other hand, is a victim of her own stupidity, an unfortunate casualty of her own desire to smoke some weed in a country where she had to know it was illegal. So what, then, is the plausible rationale for pushing to extradite Greiner while allowing Whelan to remain in a Russian prison cell? The answer lies solely in her relative celebrity, a celebrity that might not be enough to get the job done. When asked about Greiner's detention, Mercury head coach Vanessa Nygaard recently suggested if it was LeBron, he'd be home, right? It's a statement about the value of women. It's a statement about the value of a black person. It's a statement about the value of a gay person. All of those things. We know it. And so that's what hurts a little more. Um, no, it's not, Vanessa. It's not a statement about any of those things, or else Paul Whelan would have been home sleeping in his comfy American bed ages ago. It is, however, a statement about Griner's degree of fame. Nygaard compares Griner to LeBron James, but I hate to tell you, Brittany, you are now LeBron James. Not even close. You are not a household name. Before this set of unfortunate circumstances, most Americans didn't even know who you were. On the one hand, those folks pushing for Griner's release want to weaponize her status and fame as an athlete, but on the other, suggest that some inequity exists because she is not famous enough for everyone else to care. Let's face it, if you or I got caught smuggling marijuana into a foreign country, no one would be holding rallies trying to compel to try to compel the U.S. government into negotiating for our extradition. No one would give a shit that you were paying the price for your own misguided choices. I don't give a damn what your race, ethnicity, gender, or sexuality might be. You would be serving out whatever sentence they gave you, and the reaction of the American public would be a uniform, apathetic shrug of the shoulders. So, why then should we be up in arms for Griner? The fact is that we shouldn't be. While I am empathetic to her circumstances and recognize that the Kremlin is using a fairly minor drug charge to exploit her as a bargaining chip, we should not be in the business of relinquishing serious threats to national security every time an athlete decides to bring weed into a country where it is explicitly illegal. Sure. A conversation could be had as to why women's sports continue to lag behind the prominence of the professional leagues of their male counterparts, but for those advocating for Griner's release, you cannot on the one hand hold up her status as an athlete as the reason for granting her special treatment, then bemoan that her level of celebrity just isn't enough to get the job done. If Margaret Atwood were captured by the Russians, Of course there would be a much greater push for her release than there would be for yours truly. She's just plain more famous than me. Which brings us to the lesson learned from this week's Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. Don't bring drugs into a foreign country. Unless you're as famous as LeBron James or Margaret Atwood. Alright folks, there's the double double for you. The double whammy. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed both. Um... You know, it's uh, interesting with the Griner case. Um, you know, we we can have a long discussion. I, I've written about it before about the relative popularity of the WNBA versus the NBA, and we we can bemoan that. But uh, the fact is, I mean, you you look at the attendance and or the television ratings, and they're they're just significantly, significantly below. Um, but below the W the the NBA, right? The, there's just no comparison. People don't watch the WNBA. And if you're sitting there going, but I do, okay, look around the stands then and give a big wave to the five other people hanging out there. (laughs) There's nobody there. People don't watch it. They don't. They put it on ESPN. It's not like it's not being broadcast. It's available. People don't watch it. And you can you can we can have a long discussion about the inherent sexism that involves that it's implicit there, but women don't watch it either. It's not like it's just men that are avoiding it. The the women's audience, right? There are sig- a significant portion of the NBA audience is women, and it doesn't carry over to the WNBA. So, uh, so Brittany Griner basically, right? Is she's not that well known. She wasn't really well known until this happened. Um, it's an unfortunate way to become even more famous. Um I I do feel for her. I I can't um I, I can only imagine that uh her treatment in, in a Russian prison cell is, is pretty horrific. For that I feel for her. Um but uh as I said we're we we can not be in the business of trading out like genuine genuine uh Genuine criminals Alright folks Well in any case We're back on track We'll be back next week With another episode of this podcast I thank you so much for tuning in My name is uh, Stephen Craig I am the host and author Of Truth in a Thousand Words or Less. I appreciate each and every one of you There are more of you out there Than I think sometimes In any case thank you so much Be back next week Until then Peace out, y'all. I keep